Today we're here with Sandy Shapiro. And Sandy was actually recommended to me by my neighbor, next door neighbor, when I asked her who some of the best people in the community were um, to interview. And uh, my actually first time meeting Sandy, I was just two days ago on a Sunday, which turned out to be a great day to check out the garden for the first time. It was the uh, Botanical Bazaar. There's a lot of different, a lot of different uh, entrepreneurs and you know selling selling their uh, their products. And it was a beautiful day. And right when I walked in, I felt um, I felt at peace because I the, the, even the volunteer at the very front alley, I chatted with her for like 15 minutes, <laughs> and I, and I, I had a feeling I would make friends everywhere I went. So eventually, I tracked uh, Sandy down in her office and. Uh, got introduced to the Grateful Dead, <laughs> and uh, which, you know, I actually was just listening to recently. But um, anyhow, Sandy, thanks for coming. Um, and, you know, basically, you know, everyone in Miami not necessarily has been to the garden, right? So it's, it's, a, it's something, it's a sacred space here that, uh, you know, more of us should get to know. And uh, so we'd love to hear more about the story of, of the garden and also um, you know, about yourself as well, your character. So <laughs> I guess we can start out with um, Sandy, like how long have you been in Miami? You know, why do you live here? Um, and that's usually a starting point. Okay, Good. thanks for having me. Um, I've lived on Miami Beach since 1978. I came here after college. We're up from upstate New York and I said, well, I'm heading south, and I was going further, but I stopped here, and here I have been. And I spent a lot of time in my life traveling the world, and I never mind coming home, so that's why I still live here 42 years later. I always drive, coming back from the airport, you go over the causeway, and you're like, you look left, you look right, you see this beautiful view, and take 30,000 foot view of the world, and this is a good place to call home. Absolutely. Yeah. So yeah. So I've been doing lots of things in all my years, and and the garden's a passion project. Okay. So the Miami Beach Botanical Garden has been in the heart of Miami Beach since 1962, and you're right. There's so many people that still don't know that it exists. It's a three-acre postage stamp-sized botanical garden, but it's a slice of paradise in the midst of all the buzz and glitter of South Beach and it's a place to like take a deep breath and people walk in and go oh my god this is a refuge or this is an oasis or this is like paradise and yes I think it is so it's a passion so you get to run paradise <laughs> I do I do with a lot of influences and and you know it's an interesting thing because it's a non-for-profit and I don't think I and I you know have been involved in non-profits before but it's hard to keep all those balls in the air because the garden actually is a lot of things to a lot of people it has it's a garden first and foremost but it's also a place for people to celebrate special occasions it's one of the 14 anchor institutions for the city of Miami Beach. It's, um, we, we're also a, a, a cultural uh, headquarters for the county of, as well as for the state. We're the home of Art Basel dur during the art season. We are part of the fair, you know, and, uh, 
And at the same time, every day we're a habitat for birds and butterflies. And the major compost hub here on Miami Beach. Yeah. And the first one, we started this four years ago, and we were the first in the county. And now we've expanded that. So we have the sustainability, we have the we have nature, you know, natural elements. We have music and and the arts and yoga, wellness, and it's all available to you know, visitors and residents alike. Yeah. Yeah, I Funny story about the compost uh, last Sunday. We'll go back to that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I, wanted, I was curious, like, about your background. What did you study, like, in uh, at school? Like, did you? What prepared you to kind of, you know, run a botanical garden? I have a degree in nutrition dietetics. Uh, so I, my whole background is in culinary arts, and um, and health and wellness. And I spent twenty years in the travel, twenty plus years in the travel industry and used to travel around the world and and, I, and people said well, why are you you know in the airline industry and i was like oh so i could shop internationally for my ingredients <laughs> and so when i retired from that i used to i had a company for small independent travel based on gastronomy okay food and wine travel and but I was always involved. I was involved in the garden since two thousand and five, and it became. It was more because I was. I started that as a for a, a program that was a fundraiser, a food and wine fundraiser, and I had been involved with another food and wine organization for many years prior. When we used to do that all the time, and when I heard about. I was invited to a meeting and I said, oh, wait, wait, I do, we do it a little bit differently. And that was Taste of the Garden. And we just celebrated the 15th year of that last year. Um, and it's a, it's very grown on its successes year over year for 15 years. This year will be a little bit different, but yeah, it started with my ability to um, capture food, what, uh, great chefs, great wine, and, and like put convince them, in a them all to come into a garden. Yeah, together. and come into to celebrate together. So that was your first year as like joining the garden. Was what year actually? Oh, I started doing that with the garden in two thousand and six as a volunteer, and it grew on its successes. And I joined the board of directors. We are a non for profit, and then. I was in Paris when I got an email that my predecessor had resigned in 2015. I, it was the spring of 2015 before most people were leaving town to go to up north for summer holidays. And I said, well, I'll take, I'll keep my eye on the garden. I won't be a, I'll take over as executive director while we look for someone to do this. And uh, here we are. So you accepted the call. I accepted the call. Forty-four applicants later, you know, on the last day of we waited for three months and to find look for applicants, and then they said, "How come you haven't?" And in that time period, my intentions were to really bring a lot of love back in the garden, a lot of um, passion and love, and the physical landscape itself, as well as the activations. 
you know, it started then, and it's been growing ever since. Yeah. Well, I mean, the garden itself is alive, and I feel like the, it, it's almost ideally does have a lot of events, right? I mean, I, the garden... That well, we're not right now. We no, 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 always but we're have. talking about an ideal world, which is kind of yeah, like the movement that you're bringing. Yeah, our Yeah. You know, like, you know, even like the Thursdays, what is it, Garden After Dark? You know, mm-hmm. ideally, is that a weekly thing for you guys? Right now, it's we started, so we closed in March, of March 19th, right after our, one of our major events, which was the garden tour of residential gardens, and then we closed when the first hit of the pandemic. So our calendar went, you know, kaput. But so when we reopened in September, I wanted to do things that brought people were comfortable with. And I really believe that music in the garden is spectacular. And so we started out doing it Garden After Dark, kind of I named it after Playboy After Dark, if you remember that. uh was is a bi is a bi-monthly or semi-monthly activation right now just to get people it was to get people out so it's every other thursday for now booking local talent you know to a small comfortable audience outdoors and safe and yeah it's building you know so now i've gotten a lot of people asking me to participate you know different type of musical genres and I believe it's a great way to get people to visit the garden safely where they can come out and hang out, be comfortable. Yeah. You know. Probably the best venue in town, I mean, to be honest. I like to think so. I like to <laughs> you think, think about so. the amount of care that goes into it and to yeah. the surroundings. It's a lot. It's a lot to manage. And being shut down for six months um, and losing all of the associated revenues that would have come from six months of activities, but us like everybody else, right? Restaurants, hotels, everybody. I mean, I don't know of one industry that hasn't been touched by COVID. Um, but for us, it, it, was, it was substantial because I'm running a living museum, right. a living museum. You know, you can close other institutions that, you know, people working from home, it's one thing, you can turn down the AC, you know, close, lock the doors, the paintings aren't going anywhere, the exhibits aren't going anywhere. But we don't have that. We have um, something that re- it requires daily maintenance, whether people are there or not, and daily maintenance requires a crew of people to do that. So we have sustained that through this ordeal with no income other than, you know, some bits of income that we've gotten from the state, from the city and from the county and from really good friends, you know. um, So we've had, in the the time that I've, since 2015, we've faced some serious situations. The hurricane, right? Well, we had first we had Zika. Remember, did you ever hear about yeah. the Zika? Well, the garden was identified as the only location that actually they found one mosquito in. So that caused reached havoc on us. That was September of 2016. Then September of 2017, just when things were getting 
we had gone through a tremendous, had to take out every bromeliad in the garden, tremendous upset to the whole space. After we'd gone through a massive replanting, then we had Hurricane Irma in September of 2017. So, which took, which was 36 hours of constant wind and took down so much that had just gotten planted and all the understory and trees were down. So then we did a recovery on that. And then December of 2017, the convention center um, renovation moved to the west side of the building. So our entire street was pulled away and the streets surrounding us were completely shut down for two years. So that took us to December of 20, well, I guess really partially, you know, for two years. So we were close to hmm, 20, the Almost a year tail ago. of 20, yeah, it was probably the fall of 2019 when the street reopened right during Art Basel 2019, right before that. So even though we had, we were kind of in the middle of a major construction site for a long time, we still managed to get people inside because once they got inside the gate, they, we ensured that the effort they made to get there was well worth their while. The hard part was getting in. So we had no streets and no sidewalks. Um, and then we did, we were going, we were moving full speed ahead through 2019. And then this happened. Yep, there you go. So, and here we are. So that's just, <laughs> I mean, I think all, everything from now is going to be rosy, right? Oh, well, that's what I thought last year. <laughs> you know what? It's not that it's, it, we don't expect rosy, but we do guarantee resilience. There you go, because you're tested. <laughs> yeah, it's like, okay, what else you got out there? It does, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, right? Absolutely. Right? So what? You can, so everyone today is, I have the same staff that I had in, what, I did 110% staff turnover in 2015, and the same people are there today. Yeah, they, yeah, they're not going nowhere. Well, it, you know, I have we have certain core values and a culture as far as a work environment is concerned, um, and people value the culture that we've created. What is like core value? Again, just one example. You mean flexibility? Yeah. Understanding, commitment, passion. There you go. And 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 knowing that we've got each other in it we've just gone through so much again so everyone's very confident in the fact that we you know that if we take care of the garden the garden takes care of us yeah that's awesome so the there's also the garden as well has been resilient even some of the plants in there and and you know wildlife is there any what's the oldest plant in the garden oldest tree or well the two the centurion trees are the sea grape tree and the and the um, the banyan tree in the back, the, in the on the north end of the garden, on the north end of the Great Lawn. So those trees date back to when the garden was part of the original golf course from 1914. Carl Fisher, or was it? Mm-hmm. And 
And I heard there was a famous elephant that was a caddy or something. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> he, he, well, and he built Lincoln Road, that elephant. Yeah, so the elephant made that Miami Beach famous for a little while. For yeah, some, for some yeah. Then Jackie Gleason. But you know, right now we've done in the middle of you know all this pandemic, we've just completed an expansion along the Collins Canal. And the whole history and story about the details of a lot of Miami Beach and the growth of it from the turn of the previous century is going to be something available to any, anyone to listen to on the expansion of our um, audio tour that's going to be coming outside the garden and ending up and going all the way to the ocean following the Collins Canal. Wow. That's another project. That's really almost about to launch. Are people really catching on to these audio tours? Is that is that how most people are experiencing the garden? Well, um, it's a great little feature because it's something that people can just do on their telephone. It's free. It's on their phone. They dial up the number. The signage is pasted, you know, is posted around the garden, and then now it's going to be following the Collins Canal. Um, and yeah, people people use it. People use it. It's available in three languages, soon to be five languages. It's co- it's complimentary, and uh, I'm excited. It's no Gaylord, though, right? <laughs> it's not Gaylord. So I saw, right. That's like probably one of the best ways to experience a garden. If it's not a great event of the year, it's probably right. Saturday, yeah. 10, 11 a.m., right? Yeah, or by appointment. But, yeah, Gaylord is definitely... Um, adds adds dimension to the whole, to the garden because he certainly he every plant has a story and he's got the stories. Does he dress up every time or? He dresses up. That's not I've the way he always looks. Okay, I don't, yeah, I actually, no, that's his regular. He has an ensemble. It, it changes every day the details, but you know the the concept is Gaylord. <laughs> he's highly creative. He was he was a performance artist in New York. So he's very, very, um, he, yeah, he, he fits the part and his enthusiasm is contagious. So that's a must do for people in Miami who have not been to the garden is especially go Even see. if you have, he, you know, it's I like, still, I still haven't been on one of his tours. Oh, you must. So you it's must. on my bucket list. Yeah, he's definitely, he's, it's a standing tour. It's Saturdays at 11. Um, but you know, we can always arrange for a private tour. You know, so he does a great job. Yeah, and I'm sure, I mean, does he have special names for the plants? Do you have special names? Have you named, like, nicknamed some of, the, some of your favorite plants? Does he have, well, not so far so that they're un, real, unidentifiable. You know, I have more names for the wildlife than for the trees. Right. You know, we, the sea grape tree, he tells the story of how it's called the postcard tree because the tree, the leaves can when they fall, you can write on them, you could put a stamp on them, and you can use them as a postcard. And he's told that story to people and has actually received the leaves back. So someone's gone home, you know, to the, and, and written to him and thanked him for a wonderful tour, stamped it, and there it is, that our, our leaf is back in the garden via the U.S. Postal <laughs> Service. <laughs> so speaking of the animals, what is like one of the most uh, surprising animals to find? Because I, I'm assuming most of these animals, you guys didn't bring them there per oh, se. No, no, they no, they found way. their way right, there, yeah. right? So what's like the most surprising animal that, that you can find in the garden? Oh, we have a lot of birds. 
we have a lot of birds. So we have a particular Edgar. We, I named him Elvis years ago because of his very white suit, kind of like, you know, the Elvis's white suit that's in Graceland. Yeah. Right? That's hanging now in Graceland, but we all can visualize it. So, so he's back. He's migratory. And the other day I saw him walking down the sidewalk in front of the garden. And we have a current art installation that's done with an artist named Gustavo Prada. He's a Brazilian artist. And did you see the mirrors? Yeah, they're set up like, yeah. like a walkway. Yeah, so he's done this at Coachella. He's done it at Rio, at Rio's Botanical Garden. And the other day, Elvis was walking through the mirrors looking... You know, at the row of mirrors at it and himself. I mean, it was super cool. And then we have the green heron. We have, well, I, I call him sushi because that's what he, he just picks the fish out of the pond. Okay. Yeah. And of course, we have gigantic iguanas. But we do have one family of cats. Really? Just the same family of and cats. They've been there the whole, like, for a long time? Yeah, they're all taken care of. They're spaded. They're neutered. They're, they would have, you know, they've all been to the vet and they... And they eat well, and they take over. I'm, I lock up in the evening, and they're coming out. Yeah. And now we have a new duck. Someone dropped off a duck. Someone brought it into the garden. We don't know how, but somehow now I have a duck. Can't, ducks don't fly, right? They couldn't just drop in. <laughs> I don't think this one... No, this one definitely didn't drop in. Apparently her wings are clipped. We're calling her Donatella. So, yeah. And there's turtles, have, too, right? Turtles. Yeah. We have a lot of turtles. We... People actually bring us turtles a lot. Okay. You know what happens? They get their little turtle, and they put them in their little room, in their little turtle aquarium, and suddenly their turtle is no longer a little turtle. And then where do they come? They come to us, and I take... We consider it like the Ritz-Carlton for the poor turtles. <laughs> because, they're, look, they're just going to get fed, and they're going to have all this shade and this luxurious place to swim and hang on rocks and... And sun in the afternoon. Yeah. And so speaking of the like the trees, let's not leave them out. There's how many different species of you know plants or plant Well, there's plant? more than 100 species of palms. And we're, only to, we're talking about three acres. So the, the, the diversity, the biodiversity in the plants themselves that's captured in this postage stamp size botanical garden, it is is quite impressive and it's and I'm not the person that tells you that I hear it from other people so as far with that alone in palms and then in everything else you know we what we like to plant more and more of is flowering trees and and scented flowering trees we plant a lot of Florida natives you know and especially in the understory but a lot of the trees are flowering there's the um, the Tropical Flower and Tree Society, and they have a really cool tagline called Paint the Horizon, because then all of a sudden everything is, you know, all these beautiful colors in the sky. Yeah, makes great for weddings, right? Isn't uh, that yeah. one of the biggest usual revenue bringers is like the, the rentals, right? Well, we do. That's a significant portion of our revenue stream. So when you think about the garden is a... The land is owned by the city of Miami Beach, um, but we are not city employees. We are a, con a nonprofit conservancy that manages it, and we have for um, 30 years. And similar 
similar like Central Park is a conservancy. So one of our revenue streams, a significant portion of our income comes from garden rentals through um, weddings, special events. And, and we were seeing a tremendous amount of business that was coming from the convention center because being across the street made it very convenient for people that would be having a convention or and they want to have a cocktail party or a, type, or a breakfast or a lunch. Um, so yeah, that's uh, a lot of where the income has come from. And that's why there's a lot of uh, deficit in that right now. Right. It was very, it, and the decision, you know, it's, it's very hard, you know, it's very hard. We've been very flexible with people, very um, understanding, and yet at the same time I'm running a business, and I have responsibilities to my staff and our requirements as well. So we do the best we can. We've helped people reschedule and reschedule again, and now reschedule again. Yeah. But the, you know, the cost of doing business has to get put into that equation as well. Right. So how many people actually, like, are day-to-day gardening and taking care of everything? Like, how big is that staff? Outdoor staff is three and a half. And... One shout-out? <laughs> no, Sana's great. She's taking Sana's care of Sana's our head gardener. Today. Daniel takes care of everything. His responsibility is also very much the nursery. And Jenny does overall um, garden maintenance. And then we have Drew, who is doing orchids twice a week. His responsibility is the native... He specializes in native Florida or native orchids. And he cares for the orchids throughout and um, Talancias and then we have volunteers we have regular volunteers again that was impacted a great deal by um, the pandemic because we didn't we had to really pull back on that but now even with the you know the winter season coming and people are more coming back out they really we have a core group of volunteers that we've really limited the to one day a week, a volunteer one day a week, because we don't want that much exposure for people. Um, and, you know, our safety of our staff was a number one priority for everyone. And then, um, yeah, so that's about it. We have a few high school interns, okay. which is cool, which is just great. We love those gals and guys, and they each have their specialty. and. And then this year we actually add, we took more interns than we had in the past. So, um, because we want to make sure they have the attention that they need. But with people doing the at-home learning and so much of that and having so little opportunities for extracurricular activities this season and you have people that are in, you know, the magnet school programs and their senior years, they need to get the hours in. And so they get to do that outdoors in fresh air, which is, I think, helps them as well as helps us. Yeah. Ideally, you guys would run lots of field trips for the school. Oh yeah, normally we have we have trips constantly. You know, being next door to the Holocaust Memorial, a lot of school groups would come to the memorial, and um, and then they'd either come to the garden afterwards, or have you know a lunch in the garden. They bring their you know their picnics and eat in the garden after but with that 
halted completely, we see very little of, you know, we don't see any anymore. It'll happen. Yeah, it'll all Future's happen eventually. You know, I'm, we I'm, have no idea when, but, you know, it's, we're just, we're just playing it safe and keeping it cool. Yeah, and it's a wonderful space. I mean, what is, you know, a normal, normal, you know, imagine it was a normal year. What is, like, what, what is your favorite event of the year? Is it the taste of... A taste of the garden is off the charts. <laughs> It's off the charts. Last year we had 22 chefs, you know, 22 restaurants, and, you know, probably 15 different bar-related beverage things, you know. Had, we had performance artists and live music, and we have a massive silent auction, and everyone has a blast. Yeah. You know, yeah. So it was a good thing last year. Was, so it was uh, its 15th anniversary. It was stellar. And, you know, people were, as they were walking out, and I was, I was giving them their gift bags with f- fresh baguettes from Sullivan Street Bakery. So in the morning, they had more delicious things to taste. They said, wow, this is like the best one yet. But uh, this year will be reinvented. Yeah. Uh-huh. So who's the most famous person to ever go in the garden? Well, we have had a lot of people, but actually, I, Botha Stu was in last year. She was here for Food and Wine Festival, and I invited her over and she came in and she she said she was blown away you know she was in the nursery and she was pretty tripped she was pretty impressed she said this is a little refuge in the middle of everything you know it was during wine and food fest and so we've seen a lot of and over the years all kinds of things we're also a voting precinct so you, I, when I was saying we're a lot of things to a lot of people people vote that's where they cast their ballot. We're the largest precinct on Miami Beach. So it's we've a cool seen, spot to do it, yeah. Yeah, so people say they don't like early voting because then they don't get to come to the garden. <laughs> so, yeah, it was interesting this year for that, too. Well, and the, our opening closure dates were based on the elections. Yeah, and you guys so, were actually founded on Halloween, right? On Halloween. That's that a crazy was, story. Yeah, and I saw there was this crazy zombie plant in the garden. It's very cool. Yeah, you could hear that in the audio tour. The little, the zombie palm originates yeah. in Haiti. And the trunk has these needles on it. And the needles were used as the, for the voodoo dolls. Really? In in Haitian voodoo culture? They yeah, use you know, they use pins in the voodoo dolls. Yeah. You know, so... And that's what they would use those little ne- those needles that are on the trunk. Okay. And so, of these all these species, are there any species that you bring into the garden that just can't survive the Florida climate, or, or like? No, everyone... that would be a terrible waste of revenue. <laughs> so you're aware. <laughs> so, you're aware of what will survive. Yeah, we're in zone ten and a half B. Oh, okay. What does yeah. that mean? This... Well, you know how plant zones are, you know, based on climate and longitude. And what? not only are we in like a tropical, subtropical t- zone 10, we're in 10 and a half B because of our saltwater in, in, um, exposure and to the ocean. So we try and make sure that whatever we, we, we're purchasing or, you know, planting is going to survive mind you not everything does for one reason or another but pretty much they do and that we choose right you know and a lot of florida natives i mean after hurricane irma i lifted up over we had so many fallen trees and it's not like i where many people would have just cut them down which you see a lot of people doing i lifted them up and they survived and they survived Nice. Yeah, so it's much, 
yeah, I didn't have the revenue to get new ones, so it's like kind of okay. I want a video of that. I'm yeah, was, oh, I have movies of, of the, the tractors coming and lifting. Putting know, them back up. In the putting air. them back up. These are not the small trees. Okay. I mean, you see still they have braces on them. Wow. That's There's awesome. not many with braces on them. And then I relocated trees with the expansion of the canal project. They were, they were taking down, you know, the canal along that canal was mangroves and old sea grapes and buttonwoods. Um, and they, they, were, they were all going to be cut down because they were raising the seawall. And that's the whole story about the expansion of the canal, really. It's based on the resilience plan for the sea level rise. But we tagged many of the trees that we could save, which includes very old thatch palms. And um, we literally, it was, in, it was in 2017 when they were starting that project, had a tractor on one side and a tractor on the other side of the fence. And we lifted them up and put them in the inside of the garden, which turned out great because there was a lot of open space after Irma and these guys were filled that void. That's awesome. That's awesome. And we saved 15 very old palms. And you guys also have a little bit of a secret, or not secret, but special sauce is like, you, when you say you don't use fertilizer, you but you, you use, what do you use in place? I guess, is, is one of the secrets the compost that you guys use? Do you guys use the compost yes. in, in terms of planting? So, you know, as a community compost hub, people bring their food scraps to us. And uh, and then we go through a process that it takes four months from your banana peel to become black liquid gold. It looks, I mean, black gold. It looks, it's so super rich, the finished compost. And then we put that, we use that around the garden. We do use a special, another, um, fertilizer a couple of times a year, but a blend that was uh, designed for us, and that is, but a constant is the the compost that we use, right. and which is also we mix into potting soil. We make a potting soil mixture that's used into the plant um, with that as a component that's used as the plants that are going into the nursery for purchase, and we sell it. Yeah, so people so, can use it in their own gardens. They can use it in their own gardens. It's very rich, natural soil. Yeah, or you can buy the finished compost also for your own gardens and blend it yourself into your soil or sprinkle it on your plants because it's so nutrient-based. We had it, I had it analyzed, you know, at the University of Florida, and it's it checked all the boxes. Yeah, just don't throw any diapers in there. No, right. <laughs> we were there last horrified. Sunday, and oh I, someone God. threw a diaper in Oh, my compost. God, did you see my face? <laughs> And I, you know, I, I unthinkingly, I just stuck my hand in there and took it out, but because I didn't want it to get buried. Yeah. You know, but it, you know, you know, that was a little extreme. I mean, in theory, no. part, part, <laughs> no, there's no theory. Because <laughs> some other guy was next to me saying, "Hey, I'm in, and from Canada, where I'm from, we we do that. We we throw diapers in there." Well, that's great. <laughs> you can enjoy, the border is closed right now. Though. You can take it with you, and when the border reopens, you can go back to Canada and use it in your compost, but you can't put it in oils. Okay, I think yours is good enough. It doesn't need <laughs> no, that we have special very, you know, stuff. We have, like, you know, like, shishi compost. You know, it's very, it's, I just was pulling it. When I was on my way here, this girl was coming with her cute little bucket and nice food scraps, you know. 
It's awesome. It has to all come from a plant. Yeah. Know, right? We don't want meat. You don't put in meat. You don't put in grease. Somebody left like a bucket of grease next to the compost tub. <laughs> We're not a trash. It's not for trash. You know, we have, we have compost etiquette. <laughs> and then you watch it, police it a little bit, obviously. Oh, we have to, yeah. We have compost etiquette. And then, you know, the, the city of Miami Beach was so, wanted to expand, wanted to get into the comp, into composting and wanted more people to start composting. And it was um, commissioned to John Alamon, while she was on the city commission, she championed this proposal because she used, she uses compost with us. So um, through the sustainability department, we um, started a compost hub in North Beach. There's two hubs, so you can go drop off the Right, compost. so for the people on the north end of the beach, 85th and Collins, right across from the park, easy to park, 24-7. You register online, there's a code to open, the, open the, 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 the fencing where you put in, you deposit your compost. Okay. And through this all, and through all of this year with, you know, with resources being so closely monitored, I'm really careful of our spending. I have maintained our composting uh, personnel, which is which I have as somebody that comes once a week to do that for us at both hubs. And that, that has, that's a line item that main is, has continued in our budget. Right. And so you can buy compost stuff for your own garden, but you can also buy, can you buy the, the, the honey that your bees make? Well, so that was the other, so we started an apiary in May of this past year, and we also received a grant from the City of Miami Beach Sustainability Environmental Department. And the answer to that is somewhat. 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 So we have, you have to know someone. Well, you have to be a really big donor. <laughs> and speaking of that, so I was looking at your page. You have the rainmaker. A donor, period. You have to be a rainmaker? I saw yeah, it was a rainmaker I, class. There is right? a rainmaker class. They get a jar of honey. And they get the, they get the garden to themselves, right, for, for guests, yeah. for like 10 guests. I was looking at it. It was kind of cool, yeah. I actually have a dream, uh, Sandy, of... Um, every, every, um, so there's Halloween and there's All Saints Day, right? Right. And so my dream is, is every year to do this big barbecue for all the guests of local voices. Uh-huh. So it's All Saints Day, you know what I mean? Like the heroes of the, of right. the year. okay. All get invited to this barbecue. And I think it'd be fun to host it at the garden. Oh, that's a cool idea. The All Saints Day barbecue. Yeah, that'd be very <laughs> cool. We'll have to talk about that. We will. And so yeah. I was also looking at it because I... I am not currently a member, but I, I was actually wondering, I mean, I saw there's a few key benefits. There's a magazine that you get. You also get invited to a, a certain party. Is that right? What is the party that you get invited to? Well, we members? always have an annual event. For, we have a lot of special things for members. Um, you know, one of the other really cool events, thing, benefits of membership, aside from the fact that walking in the gate, you feel connected to the place. That's a real key benefit. You're a right. part of it. Is that we have a reciprocal agreement with the American Horticultural Society. So you can visit 340 other gardens around the country and Canada that are in that program and say, wait, I'm a member of Miami Beach. And there's a reciprocal agreement for that. 
So like say like I was in Denver this summer and I went right, to the garden and the I paid gym. like fifteen bucks. Is that a partner garden, for example? Probably. Yeah. Yeah. So like Denver Botanical, you just yeah. say no. I'm a Miami Beach Garden Club. I'm a member of the Miami Beach Botanical Garden, and here's my card. You can download it on your app and you know on a phone, and then just yeah. So you have a reciprocal agreement. You didn't have to pay that fifteen dollars. Okay, and I think it's I think it, it it's a good bang for your buck because it's only what I mean. Obviously, you can donate more, but the base one is just fifty dollars a year. Fifty dollars a year. That's it's like, that's not that much. Like, and when you think about it, there's so many benefits. You know, so like jingle and mingle. I mean, jingle and mingle. Garden After Dark, Garden After Dark, we're charging, it's basically a cover charge to cover the entertainment. It's a $20 fee, but if you remember, it's a $10. So, you know, you do that four times, you've, yeah. you know, you've paid, <laughs> so you've paid, you do, you get discounts in the, you get discounts in the, in the, give, in the boutique, you get discounts in the nursery, you get discounts on every event that we charge ticketing for. It pays for itself in no time. Actually, I'm going to start at with campaigning because it's a really, really good holiday gift. There, there you go. I had a great platform for it someday. Yeah, obviously, really maybe. good, yeah. really good gift because first off, it's, it keeps on giving. You know, it's the sustainability-minded person is now. You know, or the garden-minded person, or the yogi. You know, we have regular yoga classes. You know, or the person that has the family that just needs would like to have a place to come and feed the fish and hang out with their kids. All these great reasons. And that as a member, you can just... Easy to wrap, easy to ship. Right. You're really <laughs> selling me, Sandy. I, I almost was like... I was already half sold, but now I'm going to... Right, right after we finish this right. up, I'm going to yeah. become a member. So you don't even it. have to think about that. You know, print it out yourself. You don't even... Here's the link. Here's your new membership. Uh, so how many members are there right now? We have a uh, three hundred. Three hundred. It's a very exclusive club. Wow. And so, how many? What's your goal? Do you have like a goal for like next year? How 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 many people? Well, I for me honestly, I the membership is all about values. So the more value we add to membership, is. And it allure, it intrigues people to join. People see the benefit of it. A number of goals, I you know I could put, you know say okay by this time next year we should have five hundred members. You know that would be nice. I think you have way more. I mean I'm going to join right after this. I'm going to tell more people. But about the it. more that we do to create membership, the more to make the, you know to make it add value to it. It's up to us. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot in there already. If you look on the site, even what's right. the magazine that you get with it? Well, you get a copy of Edible South Florida, but you also can choose between either Martha Stewart Living or Better Homes and Gardens. Okay. You get a year subscription to those two. Okay. Yeah. So there's lots of things there. Really? Yeah. Where do you spend a lot of time, Sandy? What's what's one of your favorite? Actually, I, I would like. To find, what's one of your favorite restaurants, for example? Do you have a favorite chef? Because you obviously are in the culinary arts. Is there a chef that you really admire? Well, Michelle Bernstein's fantastic. Michael Schwartz does an amazing job. Michael's genuine, you know, and they've stood the test of time and been here for a long time. Um, they've, you know, we started something many years ago. It was the Mango Gang back in the early 90s that put Miami Beach, I mean, put South Florida on the culinary map. Uh, Norman Van Aken is fantastic. Uh, so we have 
a lot of but and then there's a lot of up and coming people too. Brad Kilgore does a great yeah. job. Are you a regular at any of these places, or do you mix it up? All I can't say I can't say I'm a regular anywhere right now because right. I'm not eating out. In a perfect world, Sandy. In a perfect world, well, I'm regular at Soho Beach House because I'm a member there as there well. Go. And um, but these days I just cook at home. I find my I'm very happy you know, chopping and dicing. And you get to use ingredients from the garden, right? You have a little edible. I do, Gardner. and we have lots of bananas. Right now, you know, I'm going to start doing, on our next big banana um, harvest, I'm going to start making garden banana bread available for wow. people. Wow, a little piece. I'm going to have them available. I'm going to start making small ones. Right when we start getting the next load of bananas, because okay. we have a lot. What's the peak time for bananas in the garden? We had them all summer long, and the ones that are growing over the compost tub, those are the most delicious. They like they taste a little bit between a pineapple and an apple and a banana, and they're not too big, and they're just flourishing growing over the compost tub. Okay, so but summer is time summer to go bananas. Summer is really kind of ideally ideally banana time. Awesome. Yeah, we're doing a great job with them. So you like cooking? Is there any other fun thing you do in your spare time? I go to a lot of live music. Typically, yeah, in a perfect world. In a perfect <laughs> world, I would have been on, on um, Dead & Company's tour this summer, and probably ball, but no. Nope, Can we get them happen. in the garden someday? That would be We could, we could. We did, la I mean, last year we had, and the year before that, when Bob Weir and the Wolf Brothers were playing around at the corner at the Fillmore, we hosted our Shakedown Street there, with, um, and it was right before it was right before we closed two weeks before we closed okay. so yeah but you know what i think that very soon in january i'm speaking with crazy fingers which is a, a great dead cover band to come and do a show because that community when we we come out we come out and and love to dance, and to dance with the plants is nothing better than to dance yeah. with the plants. They're they're watching, and they, yeah, they they're love feeling it. it. Yeah, they, they, they feel, feel your vibration. vibration. Yep. There you go. There you go. It's yeah. I was reading this thing today, this morning. It was funny about yeah the mycoral fungi, whatever. How everything in in a in an old um, like wood in a forest is connected. Like they will even care for each other by sending carbon to like plants. Did you that see need the it. film? What, what film? About fungi? I forgot the name of it. It just came out last year. Fungi are incredible what they're doing. I mean, they're basically connecting all these... Oh, this is this... an amazing movie that just came out this past year. I'm going to try and see... Normally, we would do some films during um, our Earth Day celebration, but I'm going to see if I can get the screening rights for that movie. It was unbelievable. Yeah, and you guys do sometimes have movies in the garden. I saw right. the Cinema Nights. Right. So. Yeah, so I'm gonna have to get the screen up. We have this giant blow-up screen, and now that now that it's cooler, it's hard to do in the summer months. It's cooler, and um, and it gets darker earlier. We can have movie, movie night, you movie know, nights. once a week or so. Yeah, yeah. wow. We have a few great things in the cards that I actually have not been able to screen, so. Well, there's a lot of a lot of opportunities coming. I'm excited for this next year. You know, coming coming to the garden more and, and checking out all these events. Um, I guess while you wait, you know, you got to come check out 
um, Gaylord on a Saturday to his tour, and I still have to do that. Right. And then there's, you know, becoming a member, which is a great Christmas time. Right. Thing to do. A Jingle and Mingle, which is next Thursday, Dece- oh, really? December seventeenth. It just it's a it's a party for members, and but this year I've opened it up to non-members as well. Um, and it's got the holiday jazz band, a trio that does an awesome job. And uh, I was just writing the menu for that tonight, wow. this afternoon. I, I'll, I'll, I'll let you keep it a secret for now. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's I'm... great. And it's you know, 7 to 9 from uh, on Thursday the 17th. It's, you know, it's just a beautiful little night. And again, it's just a way for people to touch one another in the community. Oh, no. <laughs> Don't touch. Masks required. To vibe with, the, with right, each other. Right, to hang and dance Send those happy and celebrate, you know, at away. a distance. Uh, <laughs> trees are pretty good at social distancing. Huh? Yeah, yeah, they branch out. <laughs> awesome. All right, well, thank you so much for coming, Sandy. Uh, I'm going to become a member right after we 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 end this, and I'm excited to, to just come to more events. And thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for... Um, enlightening all of us with ideas about you know how we can be part of this amazing oasis that we have here. Thanks. Just be part of the community. You know, be a good citizen. Steward. You know, Start good, Yeah. Right. And uh, we just have to be really good citizens and good to one another. We're in a tough time right now, and we can't we can't uh, take one another for granted. And we have to make the extra effort. to to ask people and be connected with people, and it's no prettier place to do that. Absolutely. With shade. Oh, and this season, obviously, everyone knows, is prime time. We're. Oh yeah, we're about to hit full blown, and you know what? what it's just hard, but. No, but there's it's, it's hard, but you got to do things a little different, and you got to yeah. reach out, find out what are the opportunities um, to volunteer, to be part of something, mm-hmm. and this is one of them that's right there. So. Thank you, Sandy, and uh, I'll see you next week. I hope so. (laughs) Awesome.